the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Big deal in the world of drugs today. Pharmaceuticals. Not like drugs are bad and pay. More like pharmaceuticals. Drug maker AbbVie said it would buy Botox maker Allergan for about $63 billion. Trying to get into the medical aesthetics business a little bit more to reduce its reliance on its Humira. Humira tells you that the world stinks because it's used to treat arthritis, plaque psoriasis, uh, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Uh, you need a prescription. Arthritis, Crohn's disease, chronic inflammatory inflammatory disorder affecting many joints. Crohn's disease, a chronic inflammatory bowel disease that affects the lining of the digestive tract. Um, getting old stinks. But if you're a drug company and you're selling a lot of this product, because it's the number one prescribed drug in the world, um, it's, 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 it is what it is. You've got to like diversify. Uh, a lot of competition. So it looks like a pretty expensive acquisition. Uh, but Meyer's starting to get old. And it comes off patent sooner than later. And there's other companies that are doing similar-like products that cost way less. So doctors will turn to those. And that's kind of driving one of the big stories of the day. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I was talking about Grubhub. And uh, stock trades at high multiples. But people are starting to notice that they're negotiating better deals and doing better service. And they're getting better partners like Starbucks and McDonald's. Um, and the convenience of eating out isn't lost on millennials, especially when you start seeing, like, they don't even have cars. Some of them don't even have cars. Sometimes they, they don't want to get in an Uber to go to McDonald's. You kind of want to hide the fact that you're from McDonald's. It's like, if you get Uber, and I, this is funny because I've got a neighbor who ordered some marijuana, and uh, they'll, they'll bring it to your house now. And uh, he's like, um, can you kind of not make a big deal when you, you, when you park in the driveway? And uh, <laughs> I was like... I was laughing at him because it's kind of sketchy. Uh, it looks sketchier than it is, is probably the, the best way of saying that. So markets are lower right now. They're waiting for the G20 meeting. Plus, the markets have very, very high valuations right now. We're trading at almost 17 times next year's earnings. And historically, in the last five years, we've traded about 16 and a half times. And if you look at the 10-year, we trade around 148 so this is a market that's pricey, and this is a market that's a little bit on the nervous side. I think that's fair to say. Um, <clears throat> in large part, you can see it in the 10-year treasury. People are flocking and buying U.S. bonds <clears throat> and treasuries in large part because we've always, paid, we've always paid our debt. So if we issue you a debt at, you know, for 10 years at 2%, you're going to get 2% for 10 years. Uh, but not only is that telling me the market's sketchy, the 10-year treasury... But you can also see it inside gold. Gold has broken out from a, into a six-year high. So it was in trading range for five years, and then boom, 
it's now broken out. That, that one's worthy of note. Ten-year treasury sits under 2%. That shows you that there's a lot of fear. Gold uh, at a six-year high tells you there's a lot of fear. The VIX is starting to pick up. The VIX is a volatility index, and that, too, is starting to go into the green pretty aggressively. It's not at panic levels. We're not at sell-off levels. But people are starting to look for alternatives. Bitcoin's at 11,299 buckaroos. Um, again, these are all signs that people are getting nervous. The geopolitical scene took a bit of a weird turn last night when Donald Trump threw down sanctions on Iran. And Iran responded by saying, the person in the White House is, quote, mentally retarded. And I'm like, ooh, those are fighting words. <laughs> We're going to see what that looks like tomorrow. Um, that's the image that they have of our president. Yeah, that's really all I got to say on that one, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, the housing index came out today, and the home prices are starting to shrink a bit. They rose about 3.5% year over year. Now, that in March, it was 3.7%. So it's telling you there's a little bit of a kind of pulling the reins. The 10 city composite rose 2.3%, but it was up from 2.2% the previous month. Now, you can't read, that's not enough data to say, ah, we got it. Um, but the cities that did the best are sometimes what I would call the sketchiest cities. Uh, Las Vegas. Why do I call Las Vegas sketchy? I'm not trying to be mean. It's a great place to visit. You know, if you want to have a nice desert weekend. But if you fly into Vegas, take a look outside the plane as you're coming in for landing. You're going to see nothing but land, and it's desert. Who got the bright idea to build houses in the desert where there's no water? One thing we need to live is water. So Phoenix, same thing. And so I call it kind of sketchy because there's nothing but land there. And Tampa, eh, Tampa's not as bad, but those are the three cities that had the biggest gains on a year-over-year basis. Seattle was on the negative side, diminishing rates of return. Mortgage rates have fallen steadily this year, giving home buyers more buying power. That's a story. Um, higher prices um, and it, you know inventory right now is starting, is pretty lean. It's a pretty tight supply of, of low end home for sales. So that's what's driving the, the movement in the market. I can tell you, my own personal home hasn't moved in price in the last three years. So we hit a top where I live. So. Now, my, so my alternative homes, like I have a rental home in Raleigh, North Carolina, it's still moving because it's a low-priced home. So and people want a place to live. I think that's probably the biggest mistake some people make financially is they buy too much home. Why buy 2,500 square feet if you can be happy in 1,600 square feet? Homes are typically priced on square footage. Um, but I tend to think some people, you know, spend too much. And, uh, for instance, I got a, a vacation house that... It's bigger than my house that I live in. And I was just going through the insurance numbers recently, and the insurance is basically twice as much as the house I'm living in because, get this, that's right, you're with me on this one. It's twice as much square footage, twice as much price. Half as much square footage, half as much price. Uh, and that's just generally speaking. Amazon Prime Day is going to last two days this year. It's been announced July 15th and July 16th. I bring it up because I need... Um, I don't need, listen to me, I'd like to get another TV for that vacation house and get a Roku for that vacation house. Uh, so I'm going to wait till July 15th to do both. See if someone like uh, Best Buy has a deal, compare it with Amazon, and then I'll make my decision because beauty is my business. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto. I'd love to see you there. Um, I'm not going to be doing these forever. And what I mean by that is 
it's nice to put faces and names together. And uh, it's going to be an income and retirement seminar in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's mid-July. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to chat about? Pick up the phone, give me a call. Tesla has been granted a waiver on 10% tariffs against the Japanese aluminum. Interesting. Kind of not really, right? It's not the most interesting. Um, Bitcoin is kind of caught on fire again. It's on fire! In large part because Facebook has introduced a product tied towards cryptocurrencies. Price of Bitcoin rose above 11000 yesterday. First time in more than a year. Gold's moving higher. Bitcoin's moving higher. Do you see a trend here? The surge comes even as Bitcoin's trading volume remains subdued, well below the heady days of 2017 when everyone wanted in. Bitcoin was around $4,000 per Bitcoin back in 2017. Now it's at $11,000. So Bitcoin traded up about 2.2% in Facebook's cryptocurrency project Libra. Marks a new era for Bitcoin. Kind of legitimizes the sector. Um, A lot of people, small investors, were experimenting with their first investments. And they bought a little bit of Bitcoin in 2017, got burned. Price of Bitcoin in 2017 tracked closely to the search term Bitcoin on Google. So as we searched for what is Bitcoin, how do I buy Bitcoin, the stock went higher or the price went higher. Um, And right now, guess what's trending on Google? So Facebook's decision to create its own cryptocurrency called Libra. Last week's announcement uh, basically validated digital coins. Even though the new coin is very different from Bitcoin, Facebook's announcement pretty much so crushes the argument that blockchain makes sense, but not Bitcoin. So um, we'll see where this one goes. Do you remember when Bitcoin hit 20,000? <laughs> so you're going to start to hear an analyst call uh, crazy things. So there is a Bitcoin trust that you can buy if you did want speculative exposure. GBTC, GBTC. It's a product that tracks the price of Bitcoin and is available from brokerages, unlike Bitcoin, which trades on separate exchanges. So you could, I don't know. It's not, it's not for me, but I, I certainly understand people's want and desire there. Um, what else is out there? Saw an interesting story about a man who retired early. And uh, do we resent people who are like in their 30s and say, I got a million, two million, three million dollars, I'm going to retire. I'm going to get a boat and kayak and boat around the world. And then when I need to go to land, I'll kayak in. (laughs) Um, The downsides on early retirement. uh, And this is one that a lot of people don't kind of think about is you have to start paying for your own health care if you are typically have a career that pays for your health care. Um, there's a lot of identity crisis. Um, I, you know, for sure, if I were to retire, and I, I have enough, I could retire, but I would have an identity crisis of like, I would really have to pour myself into my kids or something, right? Because I kind of get pleasure getting on the microphone and talking. Um, so a lot of self-doubt when you retire early. And uh, people don't know how to treat you when you retire early. They're used to Bob at the water cooler, not Bob on a kayak. So... Um, I look at retirement, and I've seen more people contact me that are just flat-out bored in retirement. But I don't know. you got to figure out something on your own. I have an uncle who, uh, when he retired, he started going to prisons and started talking to like death row inmates. 
just to give them someone to talk to. And he uh, quit that after a while because it, it was discouraging to him. So I know you're saying, guy tried to be a nice guy, but you get the point, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, the Amazon Prime Day, uh, middle of July. Uh, Avi looks beyond Humira with a $63 billion deal for Botox maker Allergen. Uh, I, there's a big business going on right now in China for plastic surgeries. As we create wealth, we tend to say, you know, what do we want to do with it? And a lot of people say, I'm going to spend my money on getting a ten, ten, ten t- uh, chin tuck. I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I think I said the word ten instead of chin because I was thinking tuck. And I'm just going to shut up. So Botox, I'm not surprised. Um, it, it's kind of sad to me that people would take botulism and inject it in their skin just to look better. I mean, we live in a vain, 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 vain society. So, um, $63 billion. Now, AbbVie is known for a big HIV drug, Humira. Um, no, that's not Humira. Humira uh, did $20 billion in revenues last year. And first quarter early sales, it's starting to run into competition from cheaper versions in Europe. And it faces expiration of its patents in 2023 in the United States, which is its biggest market. What's interesting about this is Allergen has struggled since Pfizer walked away from a $160 billion deal. And you could probably, it's probably pretty fair to say that, you know, botulism, not going to go, not botulism, but wrinkles aren't going to go away anytime soon. Um, so there's a big, 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 big market. So uh, that's one of the companies, that's one of the things that make drug companies so frustrating to own at times is when they come off patent. Um, you know, drug company, let's say, let's say we hate drug companies. Let's say they're cliche, big, evil companies. But let's say they spend a couple billion dollars developing a cure for HIV or a cure for cancer or a cure for baldness. Uh, they get seven years of, of like exclusivity from the FDA, but then that drug comes off patent. And when it comes off patent, it's easy to say, okay, what's the active ingredient? And that's why um, you see these commercials for allergies like Allegra and Zyrtec and stuff like that. But in the drugstores, if you go right next to them, CVS or Walgreens, you'll see generic uh, Zyrtec, generic Allegra. And sometimes the companies will try to like keep getting another seven years by like putting two drugs together. Zirallegra. Um It's little part Zyrtec, little part Allegra. It's a totally new formulation. And uh, Oh, and cures hemorrhoids now while also figuring out your allergies, right? So they try to keep that brand out there and stop it from hitting into uh, generic form. But it's frustrating, right? Companies spend so much money, and then when it becomes generic, they can't use the money rake anymore. So now they go out and buy other companies that may have better stuff in the pipeline or stuff that just can't really come off patent or stuff that doesn't really have competition. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. (laughs) I'm here today. Um, joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Mr. O'Hare from briefing.com. How are you, sir? Good morning, Rob. It's nice to be back with you. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Um, not a lot going on in your columns this week. It seems like we're waiting for, not Godot, but we're waiting for 
kind of a G20 meeting and see if two leaders from two countries, the U.S. and China, can come out of it with a positive attitude. Is that about right, or is there more going on in the market that I just don't see? No, I mean, that's pretty much right from, you know, from a broader standpoint. The market is just kind of spinning its wheels right now, um, you know, keeping in mind that it, you know, it had a huge run leading into this week. Um, and uh, and now you have this key, uh, what's being built anyway, is a key market-moving event on the near horizon. And I think that you know, the market is just kind of taking some time to consolidate uh, that big move, which is basically going to translate into the best month of June for the S&P 500 since 1955, if things hold up the way they are right now. So um, so just taking some time to catch its breath and, and to wait and see what comes out of that uh, G20 summit this weekend. With that being said, um, in the middle of the night last night, I was looking at the news. I'm sometimes a little insomniac, and I saw that Iran's supreme leader uh, called President Trump, quote, mentally retarded. Politics day are kind of pretty brutally ugly. Um, so even if we get through the G20, we still got to go back to Iran and figure out what's going to go on there. So it feels like politics might be the story of the summer this year. Well, you know, the geopolitical scene is, you know, one other element, I guess, you can throw into the mix. It kind of like has this market in a, in a wait-and-see mode right now. You know, um, we've been down this road before, right, in terms of the saber-rattling, whether it was, you know, a few years ago with North Korea. You know, um, we've always seemingly had this standoff with uh, with Iran as well, and you know, and then going even further back is with Iraq. And so, um, so I think really the market's only going to really sit up and take note uh, to any alarming degree, is, is, you know, if there's actual, sh- you know, shots fired on military personnel uh, in the in the area, you know. Uh, but if we kind of just continue to have this chirping going back and forth, it has. I think the market will have a way of kind of just dealing with it, uh, accepting it as the the state of affairs these days. But. Uh, nothing that it's going to overreact to if it's not going to lead to, um, you know, any major spike uh, in oil prices. And we did have, a, you know, a little bit of a spike in oil prices, obviously, but, you know, still, you know, trading well below levels uh, we've seen in, in the past. And so, uh, so the market is still not, uh, I guess you could say, still not overly concerned that that particular situation is going to blow up into anything uh, more than it already has. And uh, But you're right. I mean, it, you know, it's something that is going to hang out there on the horizon along with, you know, the political scene in general, as, you know, we're being reminded this week that the, you know, uh, 2020 presidential campaign is 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 kicking off, uh, you know, full steam ahead here as we get into the Democratic debates uh, this week. It's pretty crazy. Um, you mentioned the oil commodity. Let's mention another commodity: gold. Gold and Bitcoin, kind of are my flags. Pretty obvious flags. Pretty well known flags. That risk is back on in the market, and people are kind of trying to park money somewhere, anywhere that they can get a return and. Uh, it's kind of like a fear gauge for me. So is, is fear coming back, and is is this move in gold for real? Well, you know, I look at it more as kind of like a this mixed indication, you know, that we're talking about in terms of, you know, where the market's trying to figure out what the next move is, right? So you have that move in Bitcoin, obviously, that's, uh, you know, one could deem to be, you know, quite speculative. But, um, but at the same time, you have, you know, the breakout in gold, six-year highs, which, um, you know, people are looking at it as somewhat of a safe haven area. Um, it makes you wonder whether, um, you know, looking at it as a store of value, 
value because there's worries about uh, disinflation leading to deflation. Um, it, it's hard to say right now, you know, but you know, the market is, is trying to find, uh, you know, return wherever it wherever it can. And and in most cases, it, it's been able to find return this year that cuts across stocks and bonds. Uh, and uh, really, you know, until, you know, more recently, even the, you know, the dollar. And so that's something that's, um, you know, factoring in as well here as the dollar pulls back. That's generally supportive for commodity prices. So that's been another factor that's helped uh, push up uh, both gold and oil uh, in recent weeks. Now, further looking into your column that you write each and every day um, on the page one, uh, aptly titled, uh, Big Merger, Abvi is going after Allergen, and it's a huge deal, $63 billion in cash and stock. Should, we, should the healthcare sector, is it heating up? Are there going to be more mergers and acquisitions? Is that telling us something there? Well, you know, I do think it's, it's telling you something that, um, you know, the with respect to this this specific deal, I think it you know, has somewhat of a uh, you know argue you could argue that somewhat of a defensive uh, uh, orientation in terms of, of this particular deal. When you see you know Abby pay or be willing to pay such a, a sizable premium for for allergen and. Um, you know, both those stocks have come, you know, well off their their respective highs. You know, as worries about you know patent expirations in coming years, um, you know, um, you know, weigh on investor sentiment. But um, but when you do see deals go off at such a, a sizable premium, I think it tends to get a lot of speculative juices flowing, regardless of you know what sector it's in. But in this case, we're talking you know healthcare and then and then the pharmaceutical biotech space, and so. So yeah, it's just going to lead to to kind of some um, you know residual uh, trading action that's going to be predicated on the idea that you might see uh, continued you know uh, M and A activity in the space as you know as drug makers that worry about being able to deliver growth in the future, um, try to find new avenues of growth before those drugs uh, actually come off of uh, patent protection. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I've heard a lot more conversations about a recession in 2020. Is that something briefing.com is thinking is going to happen or a likelihood of it happening? Actually, I mean, it's it's such a a challenging market to uh, get a bead on that, right? So, you know, if you can if you can look at you know say the the shape of the yield curve right now, you know, one might conclude that uh, we're certainly headed for a softer period of growth, if not perhaps uh, a recession, you know, down the road here in the not too distant future. But at the same time, you look at the stock market here and uh, the leadership. You know, over uh, this year, I mean, it's still driven by cyclical sectors, which are going to do better in an environment where growth is is, is picking up. Um, so, you know, I think really what um, you know what our base case is simply is that you're going to see this expansion continue, but you know, most likely at a slower pace of growth than we saw last year. You know, as we anniversary the impact of the the tax cuts, uh, and as we start to see you know a pullback in both business and consumer confidence in the face of uncertainty about the, the trade uh, issues that are taking place right now. So, um, you know, recession is is not uh, in our forecast at this point, but we certainly have our eye on a period of slower growth and, and have to acknowledge that, you know, the risk is there potentially that into 2020 at some point you do see, um, you know, a decline in economic activity. All very, very good stuff. I start my day each and every day reading your page one, but you also do another column for briefing.com 
called The Big Picture. And uh, these are longer reads, and um, it's got a lot of facts. You do a really, really nice job with it. Um, I always like to cheat and say, what are you working on for the next big picture? What can I be looking forward to when it releases on Friday of this week? Sure. Well, well first, thank you for that, Rob. I appreciate it. Um, the uh, Something I've got my eye on in terms of right now is, you know, there's obviously a lot of focus on what the Fed's going to do, and there's a, a very high expectation that you can see the Fed, you know, cut interest rates at its next meeting in July, perhaps by as many as 50 basis points, right? So, you know, uh, we're what I'll be examining, though, is whether the Fed is also kind of acting out of a position of weakness, so making it, you know, this is more of a, quote, defensive rate cut uh, that might not pack the punch that the Fed is hoping it can in terms of, you know, uplifting the economy. And, and I say that by way of looking at both the Dow Jones Transportation Average and the small cap Russell 2000, both of which have, you know, underperformed by a noticeable margin this quarter. And, you know, I wonder if that might be uh, be a harbinger of that slower growth period we're talking about and the inability of the Fed to help really, you know, drive some increased momentum in this economy with, with a, you know, 25 basis point or 50 basis point interest rate reduction at this, at this juncture. In your last big picture, you kind of graphically showed that a rate hike meant the S&P 500 went lower. A second rate hike sent it even lower. And then you commented that the Powell pivot sent the market higher. And then another Powell pivot, number two, sent the market even higher. I love stuff like that. Um, even though that's not the only thing driving the markets, you could see that it, it certainly had some strong influence, for sure. Um, so thanks for what you do on that. Anything else that we need to be aware of? We've got about a minute. Well, sure. Uh, you know, one other thing to be aware of, though, is is on Friday you're going to get the personal income and spending report for May. And so while there's a lot of attention on what's going to happen at the G20 meeting over the weekend, we have to keep an eye on that report because it's going to provide the PCE price index, which is the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. And, you know, that's something uh, based on whatever we see out of that could help uh, drive, you know, the market's expectations somewhat differently than what currently is in place as it relates to the outlook for a rate cut at the July meeting. So keep a close watch on that one. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a reliable source for both national and international news, especially tied towards the markets. Um, There's a daily in play, which you could read from basically 7 a.m. until 3 p.m. of market updates and stories. There's a story stock. There's IPOs. Um, There's just a nice mix of a lot of good content there. Um, It's worthy of note. You know, in his last column, he talked about the S&P 500 trading almost 17 times forward earnings. And that's above the five-year and 10-year averages. So it's a market that's expensive. It's a market that's fully valued. I'm Rob Black, talking all things money. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Uh-uh. There's two things I wish I could do that I can't do. I can't play the piano well, and I can't sing. So anytime I find someone who can play the piano well and sing, Regina Spector rocks it. And also, she's kind of got that Russian-American thing going on, which I kind of find kind of sexy. So one of the stocks and one of the companies that I want to talk about is Target, because even as Amazon's running and prepping for Amazon Prime Day in the middle of July, it's going to be two days, not one. Try to wrap your head around that when you're stoned on medical marijuana or recreational marijuana in California. Uh, oh, I thought it was one day. Prime Day is two days? Whoa. Um, it's just a way. It's, it's a brilliant way for Amazon to kind of create a holiday. Um, 
call it Prime Day in the middle of July when people aren't typically buying stuff, but they're barbecuing. Um, but Target has done a really nice job recently of they'll do same-day delivery now. That's pretty crazy, and it's not unreasonable as the rise in like Uber and Lyfts and Grubhubs, as, as delivery is starting to become a little bit more logistical, easy for some of these companies. Target's got warehouses essentially of goods in every neighborhood. Target's a major force in the world of retail. Some things you probably did not know about Target. <laughs> well, let me say something that you did not know, and you go, I did not know that. Uh, Target was founded as Goodfellow Dry Goods in 1902. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Um, there's about 1,844 stores in total. So, again, if you think about it, they've got 1,844 warehouses, more or less, of your neighborhood. So it's not that tough to deliver. They don't have to, to ship it on a FedEx plane overnight and get it to your house like, um, say, Amazon does. 844 stores in total. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You now you see how this is working. 360,000 full-time, part-time, and seasonal employees at Target. I did not know that. Um, hi I miss Ed McMahon. Died of bone cancer. That one has to be like one of the worst cancers, right? Um, when it comes to important locations, Target says California, Texas, Florida, Minnesota, and Illinois carry a significant portion of their total sales. California makes sense. Texas makes sense. But Minnesota and Illinois? I did not know that. <laughs> hi You are correct, sir. Um, they've got 287 stores in California, 150 stores in Texas, 123 stores in Florida, 94 stores in Illinois. But again, think about that California one, 287 stores. California is a pretty big uh, state, um, but 287 is way more than I would have ever imagined. And just to give you an idea of how like Target works in my head, let's say I'm going to the mountains during the winter and I suddenly forget, oh crap, I forgot my gloves. And uh, my first thought is, I need to find a target before I get to the mountains because if I get to the mountains, they're going to charge me mountain sky high prices for gloves. You can go, you need a toy for a birthday party, you can rent a target. Um, at one point in time, they, they were thinking about changing their name to Target, which is a fine French retailer. Um, they too, a lot like Costco and a lot like Amazon, have their own brands. They've got 39 distinct brands that are just theirs. Um, so they've done a nice job with that. Um, if you look at like an Amazon and you see how many brands that Amazon has, like Amazon batteries, they sell over a billion dollars batteries under the Amazon Prime brand. That's that's shocking to me that out of nowhere, like Duracell and, and whoever the other one was, like got knocked off by Amazon. So Target having your own batteries and stuff, very, 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 very smart um, because people associate value with off-label, so to speak. Uh, they've got 12 exclusive partnerships. They've done a really nice job with partnerships in the past. They used to hire designers to do their clothes. So their clothes, let's put it this way. Walmart, yeah, not the best uh, clothes. You know, I don't know. If lacrosse had the alligator, like Sears had the upside-down alligator for the lacroque kind of thing, like some companies like use a little... As a kid, I was like, oh, please, anything but Walmart clothes. But they've done a nice job with Magnolia TVs, Magnolia Sound Systems, Levi's, Oshkosh. They have a lot of nice brands, exclusive brands in their stores that you won't find at a Walmart, per se. Um, so I'm not saying go out and buy Target. It's never really hit my radar in a strong 
way that, that like it interests me. Uh, but it's a pretty big company. They're starting to get shipping totally right. And you figure out that shipping piece of the puzzle, and that can drive uh, PR for the foreseeable future. Um, worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Do you own Target? Do you like Target? Are you a Walmart person? You know, at one point in time, I used to say this about Walmart when I was on the show 20 years ago. Walmart was bigger than their competitors 2, 3, 4, and 5 put together. Now, that's not as true anymore. Depends on who you call competitors and things like that, of course. But um, Target's, nah. I, I, I can't get into the stock for some reason. Now, Grubhub, on the other hand, I can is that's where millennials are, are going. So I told you about Grubhub earlier in the week about millennials, and uh, I think it was la- end of last week, and how they're, you know, how much money they're spending, and how many uh, two thirds of millennials between the ages eighteen and twenty five have ordered Grubhub this year, uh, or have used Grubhub. So a company called Citibank is today upgrading Grubhub because a lot of people are starting to catch on that you know. It's well off its highs. That's something you look for so as to not be buying at all-time highs. Um, but ultimately, some of the you know delivery tests that they've been doing recently have gone really quite well. Um, Citigroup calls it a buy but high risk. Uh, they think their work with McDonald's and Starbucks is beneficial to the company long-term. Stock's 52% below its 52-week high, which, again, you're looking for something that's fallen but not broken. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.